welcome to the second season of Reach Next Generation Podcasts. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they've faced throughout their careers, how they became them, and what tips they for girls my age. Today we have a very special guest, as my guest is Laurie Costu, who is the Chief Diversity Officer and People Strategy at Ford Motor. Laurie has been at Ford for 28 years. I bet you have seen some changes over those years. Well, thanks for joining me today, Laurie. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to Ford in the first place? Well, that's a it's a fun question, and I call my career a happy accident. So oh. <laughs> to this day, I'm still not certain how my resume landed at the Lima Engine Plant, which is a, one of our plants in, in Ohio here in the U.S., um, but I'm so happy it did because it's taken me on this great journey and getting to meet awesome people like you. Did you, what was it about the, the car industry that made you want to join? So I was never a car nut. Like, you know, some people love cars and they're car nuts and, and I yeah. certainly like them and I need them. Yeah. Um, but what, what really intrigued me is it, Ford is a large company and you can have many different careers within this large company. And you can do different things and work with people around the world. And, you know, a lot of people think that the auto industry is is rather old fashioned. Yeah. But when you look at the technology in a vehicle right now, it it is truly a technology company. Uh, you know, we can reboot our computers. You, you can't reboot your car. You so <laughs> we need great, strong technical people uh, to continue making awesome products. Well, when you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be, or did that happen later in life? Well, when I was your age, I wanted to be an archaeologist, and Ooh. I was convinced I was going to find the next King Tut's tomb. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> however, that that didn't happen. Um, no. So now uh, I I don't dig in dirt, but I do spend a lot of times finding solutions to to business problems and challenges uh, to help find a better way. Well, I know you went to Ohio State University. How important do you think it actually is to go to university? And now I don't know what's going on in the US, but definitely in the UK, there's a lot of apprenticeships for lots of different companies. I think this is probably the most important question that you could ask on this entire podcast. Um, I truly believe that learning is mandatory. But where you learn is going to dependent, be dependent on your interest, your ambitions, what you want to do. And yeah. that can be at a university, a certification, apprenticeships, school, um, trade kind of schools, or even running your own business. Yeah. To me, the most important thing is like learning never stops and, yes. and you keep growing. In fact, I have... Um, on my in my office, Michelangelo wrote this when he was 80 years old. He said, I'm still learning. So we all need to continue learning. I don't know what you could what you would still not not know at 80 years old. But who knows? There might be some fun fact that just appeared the day you died or something. <laughs> that might not be the best, though. But obviously, we've all been hit by COVID. With shops only just reopening and businesses trying to find a new normal, not that normal, 
I, it's just really not that normal. I don't think we should call it a normal. It's really not. How have you had to deal with the t- COVID-19 issues, both personally and professionally in Ford? Oh, I and I could not agree with you more, Grace. There's nothing normal a- about this. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the personal because I'm first and foremost a mom. And so I'm a mom of a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old. And the remote learning and the social, social isolation, it was so hard on everyone, you know, especially kids. And so when, as a working mom, I wanted to be there and do everything I could for my family. And, you know, all four of us were under one roof and, and not getting out much. So also trying to uh, keep the peace and, and make sure everyone could find their own little bit of space to, to do uh, work and, and homework and schoolwork all at the same time. Um, and I think we we navigated that as well as we could. Uh, it just took a lot of respect and uh, mentally counting to 10 <laughs> before <laughs> expressing yeah. frustration, which is actually a good skill that we that everyone should have no matter what, if, whether it's COVID or not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, personally, I think we're all still still working through this and and, you know, well-being and taking care of yourself is so important because this is a really tough time for a lot of people. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this phrase before. It's, we're all in the same ocean, this COVID ocean, but yeah. everybody's in a different boat in this yeah. ocean. And so you ha- we all have to be kind and be respectful and because everyone's boat is different. Some people's boats, they've lost people to this horrible virus. Other people's boats, they've lost jobs. Um, other people's boats, They've reinvented themselves and they now are doing something that they love they never did before. So it's just acknowledging and, you know, giving uh, giving each other uh, some kindness is, I think, just so, so important um, as we think about from a personal perspective with COVID. Well, there's a lot of talk about pay equality generally. How well do you think women are catching up with men's salaries and getting those top jobs, especially in the car industry? This is another really important question. And uh, at Ford, we conduct pay equity studies because we want to ensure that our workforce is paying women and underrepresented employees equitably. And so we publish those pay ratios uh, in our financial and integrated report because we're trying to be transparent of what we're doing. And we also have to be really, really focused on great talent. And we know there's not enough women yet in top jobs. And so that's really important. And your generation is going to is going to be pushing for those jobs. And I want you pushing for those jobs. Um, But something girls and women have to be so much more vocal. Uh, in expressing our expectations, both in terms of salaries, our career ambitions, what we want to do, the assignments we have. Because sometimes girls and women, we feel like we just need to stay quieter. And that's not the case at all. That doesn't work. Um, Sometimes I'll I'll tell my daughter, I'm like, you need to think like a guy. A guy would go in and he'd say, this is what I want to do. And make sure people know, because unless they unless they know what you want, you could be ignored. Well, what differences do you think that actually have been in Ford's equality since you joined in 1993? Oh, 
It's a very, very different company. Um, I'm happy to say it's a very different company yeah, that's it. than uh, when, I, when I hired in. Um, sadly, uh, being in a plant, uh, I could walk through the plant before people got to know me and realize I was a good, good person and a good employee. Yeah. Uh, get the whistles and the cat calls, and that was not uh, that was not good. I have a very strong empathy uh, for women who are in occupations where they are not treated uh, equitably and with respect. Um, I've seen a huge, huge shift, and in fact, our CEO Jim Farley is the biggest advocate as a leader for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I, that I have seen in my entire tenure at Ford and that that leadership really starting at the top and, and setting those expectations is so important and it's driving through the organization. And what's really cool is people are recognizing that their voices are being heard. So not only do we see top down, we're seeing bottom up and grassroots movements to say we want to be in a great place to work. And then we're seeing like a middle out where everyone's saying this is where we need to be. Yeah. And do we have a ways to go? Of, of course, we're still on yep. a journey, but we are so much farther ahead than we were 28 years ago when I hired in. And even in the last two years, we've seen a lot of progress with people um, really being willing to look around and understand and have more empathy. Well, when we look at social media, which I know plays a huge part in all of our lives, probably more to do to do with COVID and probably a lot before then. What advice would you give girls, say, about my age, about how to use it and maybe not use it? Oh, my gosh, we could talk all day about social media. Um, so I'm going to start using the analogy of school grades. So when people post, whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook, whatever, they're only posting their A plus stuff. Yeah. No one is on there posting their C or D no. event, right? And so I actually got off a lot of social media because I was wasting too much time. And then after I read it, I just didn't feel that good. You know, you, you've heard of the 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 fear of missing out. Yeah. Well, the people posting may that might not even be real. And there's so many research studies that show that social media negatively contributes to poor mental health because yeah. you're constantly comparing yourself. And to me, the best gift that a girl can give herself is self-confidence. So there's a former first lady of the United States uh, many years ago named Eleanor Roosevelt. And Eleanor Roosevelt had this great quote, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So when you think about that, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So don't give away your power to people who don't deserve it. Definitely. And girls, girls are just, they're so much smarter, stronger, and more powerful than they realize. Yeah. Well, that's a very inspiring quote. I'll definitely think about that. Now, what tips would you give girls when they want to maybe work in an industry like cars or sport or say like football, English football, not American football. I don't know what's going on with American football, but um, that may be more like male dominated because you work in the car industry and I would always think that the car industry might be more male dominated. So what advice would you give to girls who want to work in an industry that might be like that? You know, that's a 
you are full of great questions today. I'm <laughs> loving it. Um, it's leaning into what you want and not letting anyone tell you you can't do something because you're a girl or you think differently or you approach something in a different way because it's when we think differently and we approach things in a different way. That's when innovation happens. That's when creativity happens. That's when you create the next great product that no one ever thought existed. And now we can't you know, get enough of it. Um, <laughs> So, you know, some of it's going to start internally, like having that feeling like if I could instill one thing in every girl on this planet, it would be that you are enough. That means you're good enough. You're smart enough. You're pretty enough. You are athletic enough. Because when you have that self-confidence, when you do get turned down, it's not shutting you down. You're yeah. you're working hard. What, you know, whatever it is, if it's a, in the auto industry, you know, many jobs do require some type of a degree or certification. It's, it's going after that. It's, it's working hard. It's learning from other people. Um, it's asking people that you respect or mentor to, to, to talk to you. Um, like what you're doing right now is so awesome. You're talking to different people and getting different ideas. Yeah. And then. Last of all is be your own best advocate because no one is going to be out there advocating for you the way you can advocate for yourself and be loud about that. Be respectful, but be loud about yeah. that and don't let anyone stop you from what you want to do. Well, you have spent 28 years at Ford. That's a long time. I wasn't around <laughs> when you joined. I know people that weren't around when you joined. I don't want to make you feel old, but you've been there for a pretty long time. <laughs> and yes, you just made me feel old, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything that you still want to do, either personally or professionally? Oh, my gosh. There are so many books I haven't read, so many places in the world I haven't visited. And, you know, even after working 28 years, I, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. There's there's just so much opportunity and the world is changing and technology is changing and people are changing that there's a it's a it's really an exciting time uh, to be in the workforce or like you eventually getting into the workforce. So it's, you know, kind of be open and curious and never stop dreaming. Well, the world is changing so much and so quickly. What do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time? Or what do you hope it might look like in 10 years time? Well, I hope in, in 10 years time that there is much more equity around the globe Definitely. Uh, with women and non-majority uh, uh, people that are all treated respectfully. Um are able to, to share their voice and, and thrive both at work and, and in society. We also know that, that technology is changing so quickly. So uh, even when you talk about software, uh, I could go to college and get a software degree, but the, the technology and the coding is changing so fast that, you know, a lot of times a certification program in software, for example, can be much more beneficial to, if you're quickly going in and, and learning. So I think jobs are changing quite a bit where we work. When you think yeah. about it, you know, your dad probably went into an office all the time. Or your mom probably went into an office all the time. I went into an office all the time. 
well, we've all been working from home for the last year and a half. And yeah. And so expectations of where people work, how they work, when they work, it is really shifting in a way that um, we never thought before. So I hope it's much more flexible in what gets done. I hope people feel valued and appreciated for what they do, that they're constantly learning and challenging themselves because just because you graduate doesn't mean you you you, can't, you stop learning and you stop growing. And um, so I'm hoping in 10 years, it's still going to be a pretty cool thing to do to, to be working in, in an area that you love. Yeah. Well, as you said, this lockdown has lasted a long time. And I don't know if it's still going in the US, but I think it's finished-ish in the UK. But... Some people I know they picked up like hobbies that they would never have discovered or they would carry they like like they've carried on with a thing that they had maybe given up. Has that been the same for you? Have you had any hobbies and if so can you like share a couple? Well, when the uh when the pandemic first hit, um being in the human resource function, we got really, really busy trying to help with our manu- keeping our manufacturing employees safe because they were still working at work. And our remote workers like myself at home and keeping everyone productive that I would look at my Fitbit. At the end of the day, I didn't have very many steps. And I said, well, this can't work. So I started walking a lot at night. So I'll either walk with my husband or walk with my daughter. And it gives us time just to talk and get some fresh air and more importantly, get some steps. Uh, So when we talk about a silver lining to all of this, um, is uh, I've probably been in better physical condition um, and developing uh, more time with my family. That piece has been great. And board games. We we did a lot of board games early in um, the pandemic that was actually a lot of fun. What kind of board games did you play? Uh, our most recent one is Risk. And it's actually an older game, but it, it, you play with these little the little uh, soldiers and you have it's a strategy game and you have to figure out how you're going to conquer literally conquer the world following <laughs> your little cards and uh yeah and my kids usually win but I try <laughs> yeah well that that sounds pretty fun maybe not when you lose but when you win that's yeah. kind of yeah. yeah now what inspired you to work in human resources you know there's so much to the human resource space and I originally wanted to be a lawyer and then uh, I, I took a couple classes in human resources and decided to get my graduate degree because the companies don't just run by themselves. You know, no. you have to have incredibly talented people that are working on exactly what the, the company needs. And then sometimes the company doesn't even know yet what it needs because that's where innovation comes in. So it's more than just, you know, helping people. Uh, get hired and help them get their benefits. Those things are very, very important. But it's really ensuring that the company has the right talent today and tomorrow in order to drive progress. And there's a lot of strategy involved in that. And I, I like thinking from a from a strategic perspective. It's kind of fun. Well, I really enjoyed chatting with you today, Laurie. Thank you so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. Thank you to our sponsors, Haynes Watts, Levi Strauss, Swinton Insurance and Talk Talk for their amazing and continued support.